the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Every bit of that, eight minutes after 10 o'clock, and we do continue now on this free-for-all Friday. It's the ninth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. So I want to uh, dive into this. We haven't talked about it much this week, and I want to. The president of the, well, I'm sorry, the 45th president of the United States uh, made a very big bombshell announcement earlier this week. I'm filing as the lead class representative a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, including Facebook, Google, and Twitter, as well as their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and Jack Dorsey. Three real nice guys. We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an halt to social media companies' illegal, shameful censorship of the American people, and that's exactly what they are doing. We're demanding an end to the shadow banning, a stop to the silencing, and a stop to the blacklisting, banishing, and canceling that you know so well. Our case will prove this censorship is unlawful, it's unconstitutional, and it's completely un-American. We all know that. We all know that very, very well. Our filing also seeks injunctive relief to allow prompt restitution and really restoration and you can name about 20 other things and it has to be prompt because it's destroying our country. Of my accounts, in addition, we are asking the court to impose punitive damages on these social media giants. We're going to hold big tech very accountable. This is the first of numerous other lawsuits, I assume, that would follow. But this is the lead, and I think it's going to be a very, very important game changer for our country. It will be a pivotal battle in the defense of the First Amendment. And in the end, I am confident that we will achieve a historic victory for American freedom and at the same time, freedom of speech. So I want to thank all of the exceptional legal team behind this effort, uh, in particular. All right, so that's uh, that was the president, uh, the former president, rather talking about this lawsuit, and he is it's essentially you know he's going to be the name plaintiff in what would amount to a class action lawsuit. Now I'm not a lawyer, so I don't try to play one on the radio, but I concur with him when he talks about it being not only uh, illegal but also unconstitutional, a violation of First Amendment rights. It, it, particularly if social media is going to be taken as media and thus as the press. Everyone has the right to be, if they, again, 
there, there used to be a strict definition of the fourth estate, a strict definition of the press. But under social media in modern times, everybody is essentially a reporter. Everybody is sharing information, uh, uh, opining and commenting on information by way of social media. It's not just the network news anymore, and it's not just the major newspapers. Everyone is essentially a member of the press. If they are reading stories that are of national importance or local importance or community importance, whatever the case might be, and sharing that information and then commenting on that information, then everyone is essentially a reporter and thus entitled to freedom of the press. And for big tech giants, you just heard their uh, their names, uh, Zuckerberg, Dorsey, and Sundar Pichai uh, of Google, the CEO of Google, for banning and shadow banning conservative uh, 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 commentators, elected officials, presidents. They did this to Donald Trump himself, obviously. You know, this is, it just cannot be even remotely considered constitutional. It just can't be. It's its insane. Um, and it's something that I hope the president is successful on for all of our sakes. Here's the, here's the uh, X factor. The X factor is, let's suppose for a second that we win. And by we, I mean those of us who would be considered, I think, conservative, shadow banned, and canceled. I've dealt with all of those things on all of my social media accounts. It's why about a year ago I got off Twitter altogether. I was sick and tired of sending out messages to 30,000 people that I had following me, and they would reach like 10 people. I was being shadow banned. Um, if, if the president is successful and this lawsuit goes through and they are, they are, there are punitive damages that are awarded. First of all, how would they be possibly divided to uh, compensate people for their own, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word suffering and make this sound a little overdramatic, but, you know, their own losses, if you will. And then secondly, and most importantly, um, will it be enough to have them lift their restrictions? Will it be enough to have them lift their, um, what's the word, uh, oh, for crying out loud, not an, I'm, I'm sorry, algorithms, their algorithms that lead to the censorship and the canceling and the shadow banning and so on and so forth of conservatives in the future, or do we still need somebody to build new platforms? And I asked that question very seriously because I asked that question of Donald Trump during my exclusive interview with him. And I asked him very directly, I said, will you, do, will you consider doing something like... Um, you know, starting your own phone company. It's one thing to say, well, we're going to start our own social media platform, and that's fine. But we're not talking just software now. We need hardware. He mentioned Google. Google owns half of the cell phone, the smartphone market. Google makes Androids. About the only cell phones that you can, uh, you can own, the smartphones that you can own, they're either going to be Android or they're going to be iPhone. So it's Apple or it's Google. Both of them were responsible for the censorship and the destruction of a private company called Parler, which is what where you know a lot of conservatives like me had gone when we left Twitter and where Donald Trump went when he was banned by Twitter and by Facebook. Well, Apple and Google removed Parler from their, uh, from their uh, app stores so nobody could download it and use it anymore. So they literally destroyed the company. I know it's still clinging to its life. Every time I try to log into Parler, though, I can't get in because it's just been destroyed by the the hardware companies in this case, not just the software companies, the makers of the iPhones and of the of the Android. So I asked President Trump in my interview with him, 
will you consider starting a hardware company, meaning specifically a um, uh, uh, cell phone company, a smartphone company? I told him, I said, I've been waiting for a billionaire to step up here. I don't know if I have that or not. Let me see if I have that real quick because it'll buttress what I'm talking about right now. Um, we need a billionaire to step up and make phones to, so that we don't have to buy Tim Cook, that's the CEO of Apple, uh, or Sundar Pichay's uh, phones uh, by way of iPhone and Android. Let me see if I have this or not real quick. So one thing about social media, it's very interesting. I do now press releases, and the New York Times of all media outlets, which is shocking, frankly, they did a story two weeks ago that I'm getting the same. You know, when I put out like a hit on this horrible governor from Arizona, or from Georgia, or from whoever, or a hit on the people from Michigan that are running it so badly in the Senate that allow that to happen, you know, things to happen that shouldn't have happened. Uh, When I put out, I'm getting tremendous by putting out a statement. Now, with that being said, uh, over the next fairly short period of time, I'll be announcing something. And uh, stay tuned uh, during uh, the early part of July, because somebody's got to do something with these uh, big tech companies. So Watch, just watch what happens in the early part of July, and I'd even speak to you. Now, we don't have to speak in front of the audience. You can tell this incredible audience that you have exactly what I said, but I think you're going to be very happy because somebody has to take these people on. They're out of control. You know, if you take a guy like Zuckerberg where he has these lockboxes all over the place, he spends four or $500 million on lockboxes, and they end up being – largely some of them 96 97 percent for biden okay biden doesn't get 97 when he came for a rally he'd get 12 people and i'd get forty-five thousand people and by the way i hear the rally is going to be very very big and i hope you're going to be able oh, to be there be. in lorraine i will be yeah, there sir you can uh, count on it will you be there you have to like i mean you've been such a friend and i appreciate it so much with with your audience it's just an incredible group of people so i hope that I'll be able to see you at uh, the fairgrounds. You can count on it, sir. All right, so at at, at any rate, um, what he said there in the middle of that comment, he was true to form, wasn't he? Spot on. He said, watch in early July, you're going to have something you're going to be very happy about. And guess what we just got this week in early July? The announcement of a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit, against all of the big tech companies that have censored and shadow banned and suppressed the speech rights of uh, conservatives uh, all over their platforms. So I, I don't know when, when it's going to hit the courts. I don't know exactly where it'll go, but he was right. He said that you're going to have something in early July that we are doing to fight back against big tech censorship, and he is indeed doing that. So, you know, President Trump, I'll tell you what, the one thing you can say about that guy that I don't know that you can say about too many other politicians that we have known, when he says something, he means it. Right? I mean, you talk about promises made, promises kept, promises made in the campaign in 2016, and check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, all the way down the list in the years he was president, 2016 through 2020. Doing everything he said he would. And then he's just on an interview with, uh, you know, a nobody like me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, on June 26th, I think that, 25th, I think that was, yeah, because his event was on the 26th in Wellington. 
So he's doing this event with, or doing this interview with me, and he says, uh, "Watch early July. If you want to know what's going to happen with big tech? Watch in early July. We're going to have something you're going to really like." Here we are. You know, July seventh, I think it was two days ago. It was announced he's filing a massive lawsuit against big tech uh, CEOs, uh, the CEOs of of. Uh, of Facebook, of uh, t- uh, Twitter, and of uh, Google. So just a phenomenal thing. He means what he says, and he says what he means. Okay, obviously we are unable to connect with Mark Meckler on this. We're going to take our time out here. We'll come right back, get more of your phone calls. Free for All Friday still reigns. Christina Hagen will still be with us at 1035 as we continue on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, 1025, we'll continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. Christina Egan coming up after the bottom of the hour. I, I just want to play this real quick because, um, I don't know, I, I'm still so mind-blown that people want us to believe that this doddering old fool, this stumbling, mumbling, bumbling, confused old man actually received 80 million votes from the American people. I just I keep seeing these things pop up time and time and time again, and it just leaves me shaking my head and and acknowledging that this man is more than just a danger to himself. His cognitive decline is so 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 fast. It's so it's getting worse by the day. He cannot possibly be safe. He cannot possibly be safe from himself, and certainly we're not either. But just listen again to uh, creepy, creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe. I want to get things done. I want to get them done consistent with what we promised the American people. And in order to do that, in a 50-50 Senate, we've got to get to the place where I get 50 votes so that the Vice President of the United States can break the tie, or I get 51 votes without her. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, uh, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete, Lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, words, words kind of fail here, right? Like they do him. How, how, does, how does anybody think this is okay to have all of the most important decisions made for the sake of our nation, by a man who cannot finish a complete thought, who cannot get through a complete thought without looking at notes, checking things to remind himself what somebody told him he was supposed to say, and then just exasperately, exasperatedly just give up. Did you hear that in the middle of it? You know, if it's near and dear to you, and, uh, you know, well, anyway, he just gave up. I, I'm, I'm never going to be able to recall. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, 
anyway, I'm, we're ready to get a lot done. And the worst part about it to me, worse than his recognition that there ain't no way I'm pulling this, I can't think of it, I can't remember what I was going to say, and, and so I'm just going to cave in and say, ah, uh, the hell with it. Worse than that is the little chuckle. Did you hear that from one of the reporters, one of the uh, White House pool reporters? Did you hear that? Because it's endearing. It's charming when it's creepy old Uncle Joe. It's charming when Uncle Joe can't remember what in the heck he was talking about. Did you hear a little chuckle there? Listen again. Done. If you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Did you just hear the, did you, did you hear the little... You know, Uncle Joe forgot what he was going to say here. If this was Donald Trump laboring to, 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 to finish his sentence in such a way, what things would they say about him? I mean, honestly, what, the way that they would treat him. went for two reasons. One, to bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. That little laugh at the end of that one after seven seconds of silence as he searched his memory bank, trying to figure out what it is he wanted to say there. Seven seconds of silence. That little chuckle of, I did it. I did it. I I remembered that one. I finished it. It came back to me. I didn't have to just say, well, anyway. He was so proud of himself there. Let me see if I'm wrong, by the way, on the count. Went. For two reasons. One, bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. <laughs> Seven seconds. His brain froze in real time on live television. We went there for two reasons. One, uh, to bring... Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> that was a close one. This is the president of the United States. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 80 million Americans did not look at that and see that guy and vote for him as president of the United States. Call me uh, a QAnon, even though I don't even know what that is. Call me a purveyor of the big lie, even though that's not true. Call me whatever you want, but that man did not win the presidency of the United States. We'll be back with Christina Hagen after this. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036, 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left in the hour, 24 minutes left in the program, and in fact, 24 minutes left in the work week. How about that? At least as far as live radio goes. And we want to spend several of them with our good friend Christina Hagen. She is a former Ohio State representative, and I'm told her call dropped or her phone line dropped. We have her back. Good indeed. Let's uh, bring Christina Hagen back onto the program. Christina, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you, Bob. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Before we get into some of the topics of the day, Christina, 
Uh, I wanted to ask about something that Lisa Woods mentioned. She called the program last hour and said that John Hagen was your father was introducing uh, an important amendment, or maybe it was a piece of legislation or something to the to the school board. I think coming up on Monday. Do you do you have any info on that? Yeah, you know, we'd have to we'd have to piece him in. I know he's been working hard on presenting a resolution against critical race theory, exposing right. it for all that it is. And it sounds like something that the attorney general can run a dual track on, and I would encourage the attorney general to run a dual track on. So lots of opportunity to reverse the poor course that we're on in the state of Ohio for this being implemented across local school districts. Um, but I do not have the details of the exact verbiage of the resolution in front of me. Okay. Um, but I am more than certain that Dad would be glad to come on and speak to it directly at any time. Yeah. If you have some free time in the program later. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that then. Hopefully on Monday, uh, perhaps we can talk to him uh, uh, because um, this is extraordinarily important. He did such a great job filling in for you when you were off a few weeks ago. Uh, it was so fun to talk to your dad. Uh, so we'll definitely try to make that happen. Speaking of that, Christina, that was one of our topics anyway, critical race theory. And the the largest union uh, of teachers is the NEA, the National Education Association. The second largest is the AFP, American Feder- AFT rather, uh, American Federation of Teachers. And they have both made strong declarations in the last few days that they will decide what is taught to your children, not you, not me. They will decide the curriculum, and that means they will indeed teach critical race theory. Randy Weingarten is the president of the AFT who said very directly that this is just teaching American history, and anybody who tries to say that it's anything other than that is lying and uh, and then trying to misrepresent due to racist or white nationalist viewpoints uh, what CRT really is all about christina how does it make you feel as a mom much less as a you know as a legislator yourself you know i continue to be mortified as a parent with a child entering the k-12 school system in the state of ohio knowing that we are losing our liberties every single day on the local level to advocate for how and what curriculum is being implemented at the local school level education has always 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 intended to be local, and um, that's something that we fought for at the state level to ensure that there is local administration of curriculum and decision-making. And for the federal government, the NEA, um, the AFT, to all be this aggressive shows how ugly their colors are right now. They are unwilling um, to even allow the parent voice to be in the conversation. And I just think about the fact that we've been saying the Department of Education needs to be completely and utterly eliminated at the federal level. Never has there been a greater case for it than watching them and their discussions of rolling all of this out, their aggressiveness, um, continuing to use department heads to host these disgusting panel discussions on what they cloak as equity, but what is realistically demonizing um, white Americans and creating a Marxist indoctrination that is full-blown. And so for the NEA to sign their resolution saying they're going to fight back against those of us parents and taxpayers who know this is a form of Marxist indoctrination, um, we're, in a, we're in a full-out war for our kids' mental space. And they are aggressively pursuing this in every avenue. They're talking about beefing up American history and civics. How do you beef up facts? I mean, they're, they're going to, and, and they have been for years, and it's amazing. They tried to get rid of American history altogether. Now that they couldn't get rid of it in states like Ohio, where we actually had to ensure that it was being taught back in 2011 and ensure that it was a mandated part of curriculum in the state of Ohio to ensure that we had American history and civics in our education because they had um, hints 
before removed it under the Democrat leadership because they don't want our kids to really know anything good about this country or anything real about this country. But it, it's a full-blown attack from every angle, and these people are crazy, um, and they are willing to steamroll average, normal Americans like us if we do not stand up right now for our children and our children's education space. Well, you know, you're exactly right. You know, we, we talk about them, um, you know, indoctrinating our children with this CRT. I want to I want to share with you a little clip because this is, I think, what it's going to take for us to push back. It's going to take black America, not white America, to push back against critical race theory being taught. It's going to take people like this man. This is uh, Ian Rice. He is a parent in uh, the Caledonia School District in Michigan, it appears. And he went to his his uh, uh, school board meeting, and he had this to say. And I want to get your reaction to this, Christina. Hey, my name is Ian Rice. I've got two children here in the Caledonia School District. Um, it's very apparent here by all of the parents that have spoken that this board and the school district is failing. Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, I came here to talk about critical race theory. This theory was never meant to be brought into grade schools, high schools, at all. It's actually taught in the collegiate atmosphere, and more importantly, the legal portion of the collegiate atmosphere, to see different laws through the lens of race, from an ethics and, 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 and an ethical standpoint, right? Not for grade schools and high schoolers. The problem with bringing it to high school and grade school level is that we don't have the educators to properly teach these kids. Instead, they're using it as their own agenda to indoctrinate the kids to hate each other. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe that to be true or not, the reality is that's what's happening. Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. Mm-hmm. You already have an educator within your staff that has pulled my daughter aside. I'm pause it. Well, no, actually, this is big, too. Hold on one second. Died ...and said, well, you're a minority. So you know better than to engage in certain things. Wow. wow. When I was brought to the school's attention, nothing happened to the educator. Instead, my daughter was brought in, and she was ridiculed. So my question is now... So obviously, he's got biracial children. He is a black man. I'm watching him. He said his, his wife is obviously white. And he said, by, by critical race theory educators teaching young black children that white people are evil they're telling my daughter that her mother is evil he said then that you know and you heard that part there that an educator on that staff in that school actually told his daughter you're a minority you know better than to engage in certain things christina this is beyond just um you know divisive this is dangerous this is borderline criminal psychological bullying of young children black children white children all children and and like i said a moment ago I think it's going to take black America to lead us out of this or, or to take us uh, away from this road that we are on right now to CRT being mainstreamed. It, it absolutely is. And I, I can tell you that where they are, this is what they do. They try to minimize the voice of those who disagree with them, who they say should be agreeing with them. So that young girl who is black and white, mm-hmm. you know, black and white and standing up for both of her parents, for both walks of life for all Americans, for one America, was told, you know better than to have a voice. And so it's just the things that they say are occurring, they're actually doing to other human beings visually and right in front of our faces. So the most powerful voice, unquestionably, 
is when the black American stands up and fights back against this disgusting division, hatred, and indoctrination of our children, of all of our children. And I even see that in my social media when uh, a black supporter of mine, follower, friend stands up and fights back. The, there is such a groundswell of support because we all know that they're under attack as much as anybody because yeah. their children are being lied to. And, and, you know, and it's the same. My niece, my nieces are a quarter black. My sister-in-law is half black. And they're being told that, you know, they should essentially hate their father. It's, it's disgusting. It's wrong. And we need to stop it in this country. We need to stop it now while we still have a fighting chance. Well, you talked about civics and how important it is to teach civics and to teach history. It's one thing to not teach it, as you pointed out. That was evil enough. But it's another thing to teach it incorrectly and to teach a revisionist version of it by way of things like the 1619 Project. So, uh, like I said, it's going to take black America to step up and be the leaders here to really kind of unite this country again. And it's so funny how Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, kind of became public enemy number one of modern black America. Uh, and I shouldn't say modern black America. The, the black America that is intent on destroying and dividing this country have, are, have essentially told people of all colors, ignore that man. Ignore that man who preached color blindness. Ignore that man whose dream was to have people being judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. We must judge based on the color of skin if we are going to be able to achieve diversity, equity, and inclusion. So they literally are taking a man who has been kind of the, you know, the, the, the gold standard, if you will, for civil rights, Dr. Martin Luther King, and saying, ignore him, tear his statues demonizing down. Demonizing him. Yeah, demonizing him. And, 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 and like I said, you know, uh, figuratively saying, take his statues down because he's wrong. That, that's, I never thought I would see the day. Crazy. It Absolutely is indeed. crazy. This is crazy as well, Christina Hagen, as long as we're talking about indoctrinating our children. We're almost certain your kids will start converting you. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. This has gone viral. This is the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, which is a thing that I didn't know existed until they did this song and put it on YouTube, had uh, t- entitled, We'll Convert Your Children. Um, Christina, I played it yesterday in much more length. I can't really listen to it much more than I just did for you, but you've seen it and you've heard it. What do you say about this being taught in our in our schools? Uh, we're not talking about teaching tolerance, which of course is certainly something we should all do. We're not talking about teaching acceptance, which of course is also something we should do. But the idea that they are saying we are not just looking for tolerance and acceptance anymore, we are going to convert your kids. What do you take that to mean? Well, first, Bob, anything that says in an eerily tone and fashion, we're coming for your children, should draw red flags for any parent. Anybody who says they know better for your kids, they're going to teach your kids, they're going to undermine your traditional values, they're going to... Um, teach your kids why you're wrong, and then guess what? They think they're going to get you, too, to force you into submission. And I've always said this about the LGBTQ, you know, and continuation of the acronym that never stops growing because we just add things that don't exist to it. I've always said about this and also the modern-day feminist movement. It has never, and it will never be about being equal or having acceptance or being loved or being included, it will always be about 
stepping on the necks of those who don't share your same value system and forcing them into submission. Um, and this, you know, as a parent, I feel absolutely disgusted by this. And I've been watching it happen, you know, really over the last 10 years. And it's the reason that I have heavily considered private schooling my child. I'm a lower middle income class person. It's extremely expensive. I'm just above the threshold for getting state assistance. Um, and yet I have to seriously consider whether my husband and I will make real and serious financial sacrifices to protect our children from being indoctrinated from that which we believe religiously and morally and physically can and will have harm to them. And we've got choirs of people, adult men, singing about how they're going to undermine me, a middle-class American mom who has Christian values and moral values that do not reflect that which they're singing about, and they're going to corrupt my child. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's tongue-in-cheek. It's an obvious agenda that is on full blast across every corporate spectrum that we could possibly see. You can't go through Starbucks without seeing rainbows. You can't buy children's clothes without them having unicorns on them. All of this triangle nonsense, the whole thing has been indoctrinated into our children for several decades, and now it's every single which way we turn. And so for me, yeah, it's alarming, it's concerning, it's disappointing, and I think we're we're at the point where it's no longer about people being able to live their lives and do what they feel is best and appropriate for them. It's about forcing it onto susceptible minds of children, brainwashing them, and forcing them to suffer through things that they do not need to suffer through because other people are not content living in the confusion and the disruption that they've created for themselves. They then have to spew it into children's lives. So I, I may be a little passionate, but I've been watching it, and I encounter this on a regular basis, and I immediately take it to prayer, and I love everybody, regardless of what their decision is. But when people are talking about indoctrinating my children, you better bet I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight back against this perversion because any conversation about sexuality being launched onto America's children is dead wrong, regardless of what it is. Children should not be having to think about this. They should not be being confused. They should be learning basic standards. Whatever happened to reading, arithmetic, basic educational values that we could all agree on. Instead, it's a full-blown indoctrination scandal being forced through every avenue and overwhelming our kids on a daily basis. Yeah, very well said. Uh, you know, whatever happened to reading, writing, arithmetic, and science, by the way, which kind of matters in this discussion as well, because the, uh, they have tried to essentially undermine science in terms of chromosomal science, genetic science, biological science, and so on and so forth. It's all part of the LGBTQ agenda that they are bragging and singing about now very brazenly right into your face. Christina Hagen, terrific uh, as always. I appreciate it. Please tell your dad to expect a phone call. We're going to need to talk a little bit more about uh, his resolution to try to help protect Ohio children. We appreciate you very much, Christina. Thank you. Absolutely, Bob. All right. That's Christina Hagen on AM 1420. The Answer we will take our final time out here and come back with our final phone calls right after this on AM 1420. The Answer. Okay, 1054. I've got time for just a couple of phone calls here before we are done at the top of the hour. I appreciate the interview with uh, Christina Hagen. I'll try to get John Hagen. Marcy, a little mental note there for you. Try to get John Hagen to talk about his resolution uh, about CRT in Ohio schools. 
Let's go to Chardon and say good morning to John on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, John. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, morning, Bob. Good morning. Uh, I'll invoke the cliche, elections have consequences, and I'll add that fraudulent elections give us what we have here with Mumbles Biden. That's my first point. Then I have one other point. Uh, Donald Trump, whether he's in office or not, he's a force in our society on the right that uh, that the liberals have to, have to reckon with, and he's got the money to back it back it up. And so I say, God bless Donald Trump. Keep I agree going. with both of those things. I agree with both yeah. of those things. Yeah, uh, and and you're right. And I love the fact that he is taking the bull by the horns when it comes to this fight against big tech, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's right out front. The only, thing, the only thing I wish he would do, and this is just personal, because I, I feel like, and I've used this analogy before, so I apologize for the redundancy, but um, Facebook keeps issuing these memos saying, you know, the uh, uh, board of whoever at Facebook has determined that the uh, ban against Donald Trump shall remain in, in place for two more years before it will be considered again. As if he's a prisoner and they're considering him for parole every two years to allow him back onto their precious website uh, and platform. And the only thing I wish Donald Trump would do, in addition to announcing his lawsuit against them, is say, by the way, I no longer want to be on your website. If you gave me a gold platinum or a platinum uh, membership right now to have a page on your website, I wouldn't take it. I'm suing you for what you're doing to other people to give them the right to, to, to be heard and to not be censored. Not for me, because I would never come back on your program if you paid me to do so. That's the only thing I wish you would just tell them. Don't worry about holding parole hearings for me anymore to let me out of Facebook jail. Uh, I don't yeah. want to be on Facebook at all. Well, there's some talk of him even creating his own website, is, is there not? There is. Yeah, there is. He's supposed to be working. He and some team members are working on software, which is just a social media site, which is fine. But as I said earlier in the show, and I said to him when I talked to him two weeks ago, I wish he would go to the hardware route and actually create his own smartphone so that uh, he can, uh, you know, the rest of us will have a choice on where we spend our money, and it's not with uh, with Apple or, or uh, with Google. Yeah, good point, right. Bob. John, thank you, yep. my friend. I appreciate it. God bless. Uh, let's go to uh, Sheffield. Jeff, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jeff. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Hey, I just wanted to ask you what you thought your what you thought the prospects were for us to actually have a fair and honest election in 2022 and 2024, given that the left has found out that they can steal an election and get away with it. Well, you know, that's why they're fighting so hard to pass, or they were fighting so hard to pass, and they had to give it up because of the filibuster uh, SB1 and HR1, which, of course, was the For the People Act, they called it, to try to normalize and nationalize the theft and the fraudulent uh, 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 cheating of elections. But they lost on that on the federal side. So that means it's up to the states. And most of the states where they had the most problems in terms of fraud and in terms of, you know, irregularities, if you want to call them that, um, are enacting stronger uh, state standards, stronger election standards to assure the integrity of the vote. So I feel better about it now than I did on November 3rd and November 4th and November 5th because, like I said, several states are fixing some of the problems, some of the loopholes that allowed it, uh, you know, the the left to cheat their way into some of those um, election results that they did. So I'm not saying it's guaranteed to be perfect. And thanks for the call, Jeff. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to be perfect. But I'm saying we are just, what, six months now, seven months since the election was stolen from Donald Trump. 
and already eight or nine states have changed their election rules to make sure that that kind of crap can't happen anymore. No more ballot harvesting, no more unlimited, unsolicited uh, uh, mailing of ballots to people. They've already done that in the first seven months, so I would imagine over the course of the next you know, 12 months, uh, there will be more states that are ensuring the integrity of the elections, and that'll make us all feel better. That's all the time Enjoy I've got. Thanks very much. Silence. Derek Venice, on to your next chapter, young man.